Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach, episode number 15, our first Tech Coach Roundtable. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, you can find out all the great information about our tech coaching shows over on AskTheTechCoach.com. It has been a fantastic summer getting back into this, and we hope you guys are looking forward to a great school year. Today's show is going to be wrapping up a wonderful series of shows that we just released and really going to be focusing on what a tech coach does in that first month. We have three fantastic guests on the show today. I want to bring on a good friend, Miss Carrie Gallagher. Carrie, how are you today? Welcome to the show. So good. How are you? It was today. Today was my kid's first day of school, actually. So it was a good day. Oh, that is absolutely wonderful. And what yeah. grades are your kid in? Could you? Fourth and first. That is amazing. And, and mm-hmm. what is it like to put your kids on the bus and just let them let them off? So we don't put them on the bus because I also work in education. I'm not sure if you know that, but I do. And therefore I have to be at school before their school day starts. So they, I drop them off at a before school program. Um, but interesting fact, my, um, oldest won a leadership award on the first day of school. And my youngest told me that the highlight of her day was learning that the bathroom was really close to her classroom. So we have that. (laughs) (laughs) That is pretty darn awesome. Somebody who Mm -hmm. is a fantastic tech coach, uh, starting off the school year as a tech coach. I also believe that the bathroom is going to be close to his office. Mr. (laughs) Michael Krauser, Mike, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Doing very well. Dave's first day back uh, in the classroom for professional development and stuff. And I work at a small school, so one hallway, bathroom's close to everybody. That is pretty <laughs> awesome. Tell us a little bit about uh, about your building, about your district. Are, are you doing K-12, 612? What, what are you doing this year? Yeah, so uh, I work at Calvary Christian School. It's, it's small. It's about 300-plus students, K-12. through 12. Uh, I'm primarily in the high school. I'm a ELA teacher, AP Lit teacher, uh, and chair of the English department there. We're growing in numbers. We gained about 15 new students for this year in the high school, which doesn't seem like much, but when we're dealing with maybe 100 students as it is, that's a lot. So a big uptick in students. A new administrator came in who was in the public school sector for years and years, really changing things up. And uh, this is our first year that the school has a tech coach. Um, It's a little informal, like my role's not really defined there because I am still a full-time teacher there, still have all those other duties, but I'm excited to just help other teachers just get engaged with technology and, and help them organize their lives better and engage with the students more. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike. We're looking forward to learning more about the great things that you're doing. Our last guest is a seventh grade social studies teacher. I want to bring on from the great state of New York, Mr. Sean Hackbarth. Sean, how are you today? Doing well, Jeff. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I've been working in the same public school district for 15 years now. And uh, I've done everything from the high school, teaching seniors AP psychology to seventh grade geography and currently teaching seventh grade uh, ancient civilization, which we have restructured the course, brought on uh, a lot more technology initiatives. We're actually uh, paperless in seventh grade across uh, both teams that we have running A team and B team. And uh, we're striving to try and get our sixth grade teachers on track. We have a six, seven middle school and we'd like uh, the entire social studies department to be paperless uh, as it's effective. I, I love those goals, and I certainly want to talk a little bit about how you're moving that forward and, and some of the things that we're doing as teacher-tech-coach relationships. Uh, guys, you know, again, the whole idea for the show today is to talk about what a tech coach can do in that first month. What can they expect? Um, so I want to kind of talk a little bit about that. I'm just going to throw up a couple topics here, but the first one is really... What is the definition, Carrie, in your mind? What is a tech coach? What, what, what should we be looking at ourselves as? What is our role and function in today's classrooms? I actually think the tech coach, like that phrase, should almost be sort of hidden from the faculty because even if that's the motivation of the administration when they hire us, right, as coaches, and that's the role that I filled for the past three years, um, if there are definitely in every school a certain population of teachers that when they hear that word tech, they're instantly going to try to avoid you, right? They're going to try to not make eye contact in the hallway. They're going to um, not 
voluntarily subscribe to the professional learning opportunities that you offer and even just the one-on-one informal coaching opportunities that you offer. So it's much more about, um, I think in the, at least in the first year it's, or in the first month, it's building those relationships with those teachers and meeting them where they are in the meetings that they are, um, in the lunchroom where they are, like literally wherever you can possibly exist besides your office. So like leave your office vacant that first month. So if not (laughs) tech coach, is it instructional coach? Is it just call yourself Carrie? Yeah, I mean, don't label it. I I think when I've tried to throw around the term instructional coach over the past several years that I've been serving in the role of, in in my school, it's digital learning specialist, right? So in the past several years that I've tried to throw around um, the term, I'm really an instructional coach, don't worry. The people who are curriculum nerds get offended because they see instructional coach as someone who's a curriculum expert. And they see technology as separate from that. Now, you and I know that if you're not masterful in both your integration of curriculum and technology. You're not a master teacher, but curriculum nerds don't see things that way. Just like ed tech nerds don't see things that way. So it's a matter of figuring out how to build the relationship so that they just trust you as a person and then they'll trust you professionally to bring you into your classroom. Now, Sean, as a teacher, does the title matter? If somebody says to you, I am your tech coach, I am your curriculum specialist, I'm your digital curriculum uh, person, Does the title really mean something to you or is it more, as Carrie said, building those relationships? The title does mean something because it's kind of your your first blush introduction to someone who's filling this role. Um, Literally, Carrie, with the way you described it, literally it was like Neo in the Matrix. Everything slowed down and all of a sudden, (laughs) wow, this makes a lot of sense. Um, it's, It's one of those things where if you hear tech coach, like you said, you're totally focused on the idea that you're you're there to work with teachers, hopefully with students, on technology, and that's the focus. If you say instructional, like Carrie mentioned, it's curricular. And I think what really needs to happen is some sort of juxtaposition, because that position should be a, a, not, a, not just a melding of the two ideas, but it should encompass every facet of what goes on in the classroom, from the technology you do or don't have available to you, to the way that the, the course is structured. Obviously, you hope that the teacher is a content expert, and that they're going to bring to the table what they know of their curricular area. But you want to be there to, to work with that, to, to feed off of that. And I know we've had some really positive experiences um, in our district with the instructional technology coach coming in and, and being not the sage on the stage, but working in the classes, working with the teachers and taking the yes, I may not know this content as well as you, but let me show you how we can work the content and use all the technology that we have available to benefit your students. And it's it's almost like you want to be, the title should have something to do with how the students are coming away with something almost more than the teachers are. Now, Mike, what what have you chosen to be called? Are you, are you calling yourself a tech coach or are you calling yourself a, a digital learning person? What, what, what are they looking at you as this year? Mike, <laughs> um, when, yeah, when I was, when I was introduced, um, you know, no formal title because most of the staff members ha- already knew me previously, except for some new ones. Again, I'm dealing with a small school, but because I've been around not in this role, I, I do have all those relationships already. So I think uh, uh, what Kerry said before was spot on with it needs to be relational. And that's with any title and any job in education. Uh, but for me, I, I went up there. Most of them already knew me. The new ones, I introduced myself. I'm Mike, and I'm here to support you. Uh, it, it, and to be honest, it, I don't care what they come to me with, what question, if it's technology, if it's curriculum, uh, if it's, you know, I need help finding where the bathroom is, uh, I'll, I'll be there to help them. Um, most of it, when when it did slip out once today uh, that I was a tech coach, um, somebody described me that way. And then that's immediately when I got three or four people coming to me with IT questions of how to log on to their school system, username and password. And like I don't have access to that stuff. So it was really baffling to them to try to wrap their heads around, well, you're tech, though, and this is tech. So... Right fix this. I can't get on the internet, fix this. Uh, so I, I, 
I prefer not to be called that. And, yeah. and, and that's a hard thing for anybody to go through, right? Are, are you are you Microsoft focused? Are you IT focused? Where where does everything go here, Sean? When you're looking at that first week of school, you are getting into your classroom you have very little time to get everything ready you have kids coming within you know hours literally of just being in your room and then suddenly here comes this person that says i'm here to help you manipulate you move you motivate you and by the way let's do all these different things together that can't be a pleasant experience for teachers so my question for you is what are you looking for from that first interaction with this person who's been brought into the district to pull you push you manipulate you change you all those different things well i think it actually it goes back one step further i think it goes back to how the administrators preface that initial conversation if if the staff is briefed and knowing that the start of the school year is the same regardless of what level you teach at, what content you teach, what building you're in. You're going to be running around getting things organized, trying to just get your feet off the ground. If the impetus is put on the staff, if the connection is made properly to positively build on, look, we are trying to create an environment for our students that is exceptional. We want to give them every opportunity to learn using the resources that we have, and we want to explore that. And that's our focus this year. That's what we want to highlight, not just here's a new reading program. You you four people learn about this. The rest of you, you have your own things to do. It's really got to be all-encompassing to say, look, this is the future. We're living in it now. Let's work with what we have and prepare for the future, not just for ourselves, but for our students. If that happens, I feel like more and more staff members look around for opportunities to say, who, who, who's going to come in and be my dark knight? Who's going to come in and be the one to make this right for me and can work with me on this? So I feel like that first step needs to happen in order to really get things moving in a positive direction. Otherwise, like you say, for both people, classroom teacher, um, I'm not going to use the word tech coach. That's a verboten now. Um, but but those, those instructional coordinators and leaders that are coming in to guide staff, it's going to be high. And, and then the awkwardness. I, I feel like that that needs to to change. That that initial push needs to come, not as a as a forceful thing from administrators, but more of a guidance to this is really what we want to do, and we all need to buy into this philosophy. And that that buy in, that's what's going to sell it. Carrie, what are you thinking about all this? Because you came out of the tech coaching role. Now you're in a more administrative role. What does that first introduction mean, not only to the district, but to the tech coach and the success of their school year? I think one of the things that's important. So I've been introduced as the tech coach um, by an administrator. And then now as an administrator, it's my job to introduce the tech coaches. So the tech coaches are on my team as an administrator. And I really, truly am now someone who evaluates teachers. So I can't be that coach role anymore, right? Those two things are very separate and need to be for very good reasons. Um, So one of the things that's a part of my new responsibilities in my new role is to run our new teacher induction program and our new teacher orientation. And something that I took very seriously was how was I going to introduce our instructional coaches and our digital learning specialists to our new teachers? And how was I going to build expectations about those relationships and make sure that I was clear with our new teachers that these people are to serve as a resource? And then as much as possible, facilitate the those not just the introductions, but the building of those relationships outside of those new teachers relationship with me as an administrator. So I'm the person that they can go to for their relationship with the administration, but those coaches are the people that they should go to for building um, what their classroom experience is going to look like, how they navigate the technology that they should use as part of their teaching and learning and how they start to build their classroom community. Um, so I think the way I've I very consciously introduced those new faculty members, and for us, my school is um, not tiny, but not a huge district. We have like 1,500 students and 150 faculty. So we hired on about 20 new faculty this year, which is a pretty good chunk for something that size. Very consciously making sure those introductions were made and that those um, roles are clear and that I'm building time into the school year for them to meet without me present. Um, on purpose is something that um, I think is valuable and is important for administrators to do. You know, I, I think that initial, you know, full faculty meeting of 
this is the direction that we're going. This is a person who we have on staff to help move us in that direction is very important. Equally as important are those first words that the digital learning specialist, I'm going to try to say it this way on our, on our show today, says. Now, last week on our Ask the Tech Coach podcast, which you can find over at askthetechcoach.com, uh, that was episode number 14. We talked about the first introduction of the tech coach to the staff, right? We talked about things that we should do and shouldn't do. Mike, when you're looking this year as your first step into introducing yourself, what are you thinking about or or what did you do today to really make that, this is who I am, this is my role, let's work together? What did you do or what are you doing with your staff? Uh, Well, number one, I prepared uh, a simple Google site beforehand, um, which we talked about previously, but um, just working on that and just growing it as the year goes on. So when people are coming up to me throughout the year, I know that, well, one person's asking that question. So other people probably have that question too. So put some type of resource up on that Google site. And then it's also modeling for the teachers that, hey, Google sites is something that you can do in your classroom as well. Um, But in terms of introductions too, um, it was just, I was going up and I was just sitting with eating lunch with uh talking with these new teachers getting to know them informally uh getting to know their background a little bit before even going in saying hey so how do you want to use technology in your classroom or anything like that it was just hey this is who i am this is my background um and like who are you who are you as a person you know what kind of family do you have what brought you to where you are right now and I, I think I'm assuming, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm assuming that building that trust factor is super important because I know that me as a teacher, um, when I'm in my classroom, I was always afraid of people walking into my classroom. Coach or administrator, doesn't matter. It was like, this is my space. I don't want to be judged. You know, I'm the expert in here. I don't want your opinion. But we got to break down those barriers. So having trust built in with my colleagues i'm hoping that that'll allow them to say you know i'm really struggling with this can you help me and vice versa too you know because i don't have all the answers i want to be able to go up to them and say you had a great idea that i didn't even think of can can you tell me more about this so definitely trust and definitely just prior planning with having some resources available to them uh at home, you know, when, when they're trying to look up, how do you do this in Gmail or how do I log on anything again? Uh, I'm, I'm available to them and I respond quickly too. I tell them, here's my phone number. You can, you can text me. I'm here for you. So it's not just, here's my email. I'll respond within 24 hours. It's no, you could, you could text me. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it's about. I'm, I'm here for you. You know, one of the things that we talked about last week on the show was keeping those first presentations, not really presentations. How you doing? What are you thinking about this year? What excites you? What frustrations did you have? How can we work together? I, I told Nick last week that I had a really, really condensed 240 slide deck presentation that I wanted to share with all of my teachers, and he convinced me that wasn't the right thing to do. Sean, what are you looking for when you're sitting there in that first faculty meeting that might be a couple hours long? And then suddenly this guy comes in and this person comes in and this person comes in and you're just, you know, are you sitting there going, great, somebody else to listen to? Or are you going, get me in my classroom? Well, it depends. Are you coming at it before lunch or are you coming at it before you leave? Um, let's say it's before lunch. That's that's the challenge. That was always the our association's position. You always got the last chance to talk to staff right before we broke for lunch. So I always love those opportunities. Um, I think that, that really what we're looking for, I think all... All teachers, whether they want to admit it or not, you know, even the ones that are very satisfied with their performance, that are set in their ways, that feel like, you know, why change when this works so well, or, or why do I have to add something new? Ultimately, I think every educator wants to have a positive experience for their students. So to have a tech coach come in and provide you with an introductory blush of, you know, here is, here's where we can go. And I think what most people don't know is, what's out there that can be effective for them. I think if you have information that can tell them not just here's an app that you can use or here's how to use what we already are are working with. Like, you know, Mike said, like, here's how to access Gmail or here's how to do these other things. If it's more like, look, you know, your content, everybody's different. We all want to strive for the best for our students. What can we do together? I think if the presentation is more about here's how we can get 
your students to accomplish the goals you have for them. Here's what you want them to be able to do. Here's the skills you want them to be able to work on, whether it's preparation for later years in, in the same district, whether it's college, you know, career, civic readiness, whatever it is, here's how we can get them there. Let's take, let's take the four C's, you know, let's throw them out there and say, let's, let's go with it. Let's run. If those things are offered, if it's, Oh, well, that's what you can do for me. And you have a way to do that. Well, now I have something to talk to you about. Otherwise, especially for those people that are, that are technophobic, they're going to look and say, there's so much out there. I can't even begin to, to wrap my head around. I don't even know where to start. Uh, help, you know, and they're stuck on step one because they're afraid to take step two. Now, right. I, I love what you're talking about here because really you're talking about having somebody come in and just basically open the book. Here's what's possible. Now, Mike, you and I were talking uh, a couple of days ago about your Tech Coach website. Talk to us a little bit about it. How did you create it? You, you had mentioned it's Google Sites, right? Yep. Yeah, this is it? Google Sites. Uh, so... At first, I, I went through and I was just thinking, you know, what I was trying to anticipate all the needs, right? I was, I was uh, had a very lofty goal of like, well, I, I know what questions I had. So it's probably the questions they have. So let me create a bunch of YouTube videos. Let me have instructional like uh, Google Docs on exactly what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to do it. And then, you know, I end up with this Google site that just looks messy and it's just overloaded. Um, it's, it's just a lot of information and, uh, you had pointed out and so did my administrator when he saw it first too, he was like, start off small and kind of wet their appetite a little bit. And then when you build that trust with them, you're starting slow, you're getting into it before you know it by the middle of the year, you will have more stuff on there as, uh, as it's kind of like being reactive, not necessarily trying to have a bunch of preemptive strikes with here. I know you're going to have this need. I know you're going to have this need, but just having the bare bones, basic minimum. So right now what I have up there is just some basics for our uh, management system, um, which is called Sycamore. I know other people use different ones, but ours is Sycamore. So that that's up there. Um, I have very basic uh, Gmail type of stuff and Google because uh, the high school is going to be on Google Classroom this year for the first time ever. So I have how do I just get into Google Classroom? And that's pretty much it. Um, and then tomorrow, as they ask me questions about Google Classroom, uh, I'll be able to react to that and say, that's great. I'll be able to show it to them on the spot and then go home and create the stuff based on their needs, not based on what my needs were at one point. So definitely just reacting to what they're saying. So I, I scaled it down big time. Now, Carrie, when it comes to your district and, and resources that you're giving out to teachers, what do you look for in a tech coach website? What did you have that you were offering your, your I keep calling them students, but your teachers? Yeah, well, I mean, so the great thing about my school is all administrators teach one class. So I am teaching eighth grade social studies this year, which is really fun and exciting. And I'm pumped because as a coach, I've been able to co-teach classes with teachers like periodically, but I haven't had my own class since I was a classroom teacher. And I very much miss that. Um, so I'll get to have that experience um, in the classroom every single day. Um, when it comes to the website, so at our school, we found that that just being everywhere is much more valuable than having a, a website that people can go to to find you. Like they'd much rather have contact with the person. We did end up over the past couple of years building one website and it was related to our digital citizenship curriculum because it was really something that we that it it is kind of the the bridge right between that tech coach role, the expert in the pedagogically sound integration of technology and curriculum because digital citizenship is a content. It is not a technology, right? But the way that you teach digital citizenship is through technology. So we decided to focus the building of a website when it comes to connecting to our teachers on that curriculum because they can, even the tech phobic teachers, right? That Sean was talking about, they like curriculum is still their jam and they still understand the importance of curriculum and content. So if you get them to start paying attention to the way technology should be a part of their students' classroom experience through a curriculum area, which is digital citizenship, that was, that was where we decided to build it out. What we did too that I think is important to note is that that website was not just for our teachers. That was a that website was a resource for our school counselors, our guidance counselors on how they can also help um, 
support that message of digital citizenship. And it's also, there's also a page built entirely for parents about how parents can support digital citizenship from home. Um, and we've run lots of live programming to help support that. So I think the other thing to note about a tech coach is that they could be a resource for more than just teachers. They can be a resource for students and for parents and for counselors and for administrators, right? Um, by, I mean, coach up your, when your administrator gives you an opportunity to have input into like a faculty meeting or a department meeting or something, like advise them, hey, maybe we should use Google Forms as like an activator, an icebreaker to get, to get everybody engaged in the content. Maybe we should provide an opportunity for people to give feedback via a Google Form at the end. And just like Mike was saying, like that's a really easy in, that's very basic, that can apply across content areas and it's providing an opportunity for people who are not tech coaches to model the approach that you as a tech coach want more people to implement in their classrooms. You know, it's a, it's a lot of stuff that we're going to be taking in right now. And if you're out there as a first-year tech coach, you're probably saying to yourself, where do I go for help? Who do I turn to? Maybe you're the only tech coach in a building. Maybe you're the only tech coach in a school district. Where can you go to find some help? Well, those questions can be answered very, very easily. We are creating here over at Ask the Tech Coach and the Ask the Tech Coach podcast a mastermind where tech coaches can get together and learn from each other in peer-to-peer peer video mentoring. Now, if you go over to teachercast.net forward slash ask the tech coach mastermind, that's teachercast.net slash ask the tech coach mastermind. You can sign up today for free to be put on our list to learn more about this great opportunity. We're going to be starting up our first cohort of tech coaches in the beginning of October. And what we're looking at doing here, and we're still kind of putting these plans together here, but you guys are going to be able to have two monthly video meetings with us to be able to get together, share resources, share connections, and just like this show, have a place where multiple people can come together and put things on. We're also going to be offering exclusive free lesson plans, things that we're doing in our classroom, things that you're doing in your classroom. We're going to have an opportunity to put all that stuff together and share. We're also going to be giving away free lesson templates, free Google Slides, templates, Google Docs templates, Microsoft Office templates, things like that. And really, we're here to be a positive place. You're also going to get a membership to our exclusive online tech coaching Facebook group, where we're going to be building a community of tech coaches to help and support each other. We want to have you guys sign up today over at teachercast.net slash ask the tech coach mastermind. We put it out this week and we had such a great response. We are so looking forward to launching it in the next couple weeks. But for you guys to learn all about it, Check out teachercast.net slash ask the tech coach mastermind. Now, guys, here we are. We've been through the first couple days, right? We had our principal introduce us. We've had our first introduction with the class. Now it's time to actually get into the whole concept of working with teachers. And there's always two different kinds of teachers. There's the go-getters who are interested in learning or maybe are tech-savvy teachers. And then, as you guys said, there's the ones that as you pass them in the hallway, they put their head down and don't want to talk to you. Carrie, how do you deal with both kinds of those teachers, right? How do you deal with the ones that are you know, I know you're here to teach me. I want to learn. And then how do you kind of get around those people that are just like, dude, leave me alone. So among those go-getters, there's actually two different kinds of go-getters. There's the go-getters who are like shiny new tool. Want to try it? Like, right. Like tomorrow before even really thinking about how it helps with learning. just like, here, I'm going to do this tomorrow. Come into my class. And you're like, whoa, whoa. Like, don't just throw it out there at your students. Let's talk about what your plan is and why you think it's a great tool and how it's going to help learning. So there's dealing with those teachers. And then there's the teachers who like went to a really great summer conference and have thought it through over the summer and are coming to you with a whole really planned out lesson plan. And you're, they really are ready for your support and feedback. So I think those are two different types of go-getters to think about. And then the avoiders are like a whole other category because it's not, they're not all the same, right? people avoid tech for different reasons. They avoid tech because they tried it and they got burned because they weren't properly supported or trained in the first place. So it's not that they're unwilling, it's just that they've had a really bad experience. Um, and then there's the people who avoid it because they're, they legit are just afraid. They're afraid they don't know enough and that they're gonna look like they don't, um, they aren't good at their jobs in front of a classroom full of kids, which can is an understandable fear. So depending on those approaches, I think it's a, it's a different way for the coach to to get their 
they're um, they're in, and it's getting to know the person and who they are is really the key. So, so Sean, where are you in this case here? Because you seem to be somebody who's, as you said, you're going paperless. So that kind of seems to be a go-getter. Um, are you one to reach out and say, hi, I'm here. I, I, I need help. Or are you one to more say, look, if you can add to this, fantastic. Or option C. I think a little bit, I'm going to go with option C on this, Jeff. Door number three. Um, it's I'm a little bit of both in that. I, I do. I agree with Carrie in the idea of going to like a summer conference or going somewhere and having a thought you know, planted in your head, kind of like a little seed that grows and you, you cultivate it, you do what you will with it, you have some ideas. And then as you're coming to bring that idea to fruition, you're getting ready to harvest, you say, look, let's work on this together. Let's let's build this out because here's where I'm thinking of going with it. Here's the thought I have put into it. Work with me. And then there's other opportunities. You know, I can speak from experience going to the, the classes that have been offered within our district to work with the tech coach something comes up and you go wow this is you know lightning in a bottle this is great this can totally do something for me i want to start working on it yesterday how how can i get this going and it's taking that and that excitement and and containing it and using it in a productive way with your coach with your with your digital learning specialist to say all right look I'm, i'm totally jazzed on this you showed this to me the other day let's talk about how this can fit within my content. Let's talk about how this can fit within my grade level. Let's talk about, should we build this out now so that next year the teachers already have it in place and they're ready to rock with it. And and that I think is part of the, the curricular piece that, I, that I'm most willing to be focused on, especially this year is how we can build vertical integration, how we can take it from one grade level, building on the successes and the activities that they did in the previous grade level so that you have someone that comes out and they've had this full immersion of experiences, not just with tech, but with how tech can be used to make their learning experiences better. That's that's ultimately where we're going. Now, you had said your, your PD classes. One of the things that we were discussing on, a, on a, one of the recent Ask the Tech Code shows is how do you create professional development that works for teachers of all comfortable levels? I don't want to say ability. That's not the right term here, but comfort levels, right? People who are the go-getters and you're still in a room maybe for 45 minutes to an hour with people who don't want to be there. And you're also got people who are way ahead of the curve. What is it like to be somebody who, okay, you you know that the PD isn't for you, but you're trying to get something out of it. But yet at the same time, you kind of know that the person in the front of the room is trying to literally work the room and, and make the best out of it. How does how does that work for you? And what as a teacher can you do to help um, help the situation? Well, I think it's it's drawing on the relationship that you have, especially if you've worked with your, your digital learning specialist before, you have that trust that's there and being able to, to take something that's being explained and either rephrase it, you know, turn it in a different way, key it to, oh yeah, when we're talking about this, this is how I use that same thing. It's really helpful here and kind of just basically putting the proof in the pudding to say that he's, you know, you're not just being told that this is an awesome idea. This is something that's really great this has been done i've done this let me show you how this worked for me or what didn't work for me and these are the snags and it's providing that that insight so that people can can reach out a little bit more take that take that second step and go okay i'm really nervous about doing this but i've seen that you're not just telling me it's going to be good this person tried it and it did or didn't work let's see if we can make it better from that um and just just those experiences alone you know and being in the room having tried some things and still seeing things during presentations that are being done at other levels, you know, something that was done at the elementary level that I saw and immediately was like, Ooh, this is a project like two weeks down the road. I could totally do this. And that, you know, having those moments where, you know, you scream out in the middle of the, the session, you go slam, you know, demo slams thing where it's like, wow, this, this got me jazzed. This is why I'm here. I know how to do a lot of what you're saying, but this stuff, this, even it's something rudimentary, something simple, it's enough to, to push me in that excitement. Hopefully, you take the presenter's desire to connect with everybody. You take your own excitement, and by infusing that into the presentation in a way, you get some of the people that are maybe a little hesitant and kind of bring them on board. You know, it's interesting that you say that. And, and Carrie, I want to ask your, your opinion on this because, you know, as a tech coach, I always run into the issue where you're in an elementary faculty meeting, let's just say, and you're trying to figure out, number one, weeks in advance what are you going to present on, right? You know that you've got the elementary, kindergarten, first grade teachers who have their own needs, and then you've got the fourth and fifth grade teachers. And and really, those two people couldn't be further from the same, you know, 
like ed camp session, essentially. You know, if you do a kindergarten-based PD session, that's not going to take half the room. If you do a, a third, fourth, fifth grade, your kindergarten teachers are off. What advice do you have for tech coaches out there that are in a room full of K through five, K through six, maybe sometimes even K through eight, and you got to put on a show or you got to plan a show that's going to meet the needs for all of those people? Well, that's a tough question. So while I am the mother of a first and fourth grader, I'm not an educator at the elementary level. So I have to admit that this is like stretching me quite a bit. But I do think that the most important thing we can do that Sean was hinting at is make sure that the PD provides the teachers with the experiences that you want them to have their students have. So if you have an hour, make sure it's divided into 20 minute chunks where they're doing a couple of different things that include not just them using screens and not using screens, but actually physically moving from one place to another, talking to the people who they didn't initially sit down with when they first arrived, right? So as a tech coach, it's your job not just to integrate technology effectively, but to do the entire instructional design of the experience effectively. So for instance, when we were doing our new teacher orientation last week, um, I, it was a three day experience for this, for them. They went from building to building across campus. At least we moved from building to building at least two or three times a day. They met with different people. They met in different rooms within buildings. Sometimes we use station rotation. I provided them with an anonymous Google form to give feedback. And then I provided an immediate answers like an hour later after they did that feedback form. So modeling quick feedback, modeling, you know, multiple um, modalities of learning modeling. We, we created like a Google drive system with all the resources from all the different sessions so that if they were on info overload, they could go back and reference that information later if they needed to. So making sure that we're modeling within teacher professional learning, the types of practices that we want them to provide for their students I mean, you don't even have to say like, oh, and you could do this with your students. You don't have to make it that obvious. Like they'll get it. They're professionals. So if we model it for them, even if it's even if it's K through five, right? I've seen kindergarten teachers teach kindergartners how to build Google slide decks by searching for images using safe search, taught them how to download those images, put them on a slide deck. And that image is supposed to represent like the phase of a story that they're studying and their analysis of the story. You can take that and scale it up to fifth grade and have them add a caption with three sentences right under the picture. So that's the kind of thing that is a lesson that's scalable that, that all of those teachers can experience in the same room. I, I love those ideas. I, I'm so glad that we're sitting here recording this, Carrie, because I, I think I'm going to try a couple of those things. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how, how these things can happen only by reaching out and, as they say, asking the tech coach. Now, this whole entire idea of Ask the Tech Coach was created to put people together and, and really get your questions out. Mike, you and I were talking a, a couple of days ago, and you're like, dude, I have all these questions. What can we do? And I said, why don't you come on the show and simply ask the tech coach. Uh, Mike, do you have any questions that you want to bring up tonight? Yeah, I mean, we were just hitting on one that I was definitely uh, wondering about, especially being in a new role of, you know, especially because I've only taught high school. So for me to try to figure out how technology can be infused in a kindergarten curriculum, it's like, well, I don't even know what kindergartners are learning. Uh, so how am I supposed to be able to help that teacher? Um, so Carrie has some great ideas with that. But a very similar one that I have, too, is, uh, you know, I'm more familiar with how tools can be useful in the humanities department. But when you start talking about, like, the math department, I know that one of the first questions I'm going to be getting from the math teachers is, okay, this is great, but how do I use Google Forms in my classroom? How can I use a Google Doc in my classroom? How can I use some of these different tools that are available when, you know, they have to be practicing these problems from the textbook and going home? So there's definitely that question of how do you as as tech coaches or teachers that are just, uh, you know, assisting other teachers with technology integration how do you go about that when you aren't necessarily the expert in their content so it might be difficult to bridge the gap between technology and content so no and, and, and i like that question here so let me just and again guys feel free to answer these things here but how do you get past the butt right this is great 
but what do you think there is there is no no greater question i think that you could ask um because it it's always something and having been someone that's had the that's really great this has to come first you know whether it's administrative prerogative directives that have come your way student needs uh instructional needs time constraints there's always something that's that's going to be there i think that districts and schools that put together a, a very proactive plan in advance for providing teachers the opportunity and the resources to tap into the experiences they can get with your digital learning specialist to get the opportunities to really kind of explore and to, to work that in um, intentionally. I think those are the ones that are going to have the greatest amount of success. You know, we went from a model in our district where the first year we were, we were doing professional learning communities, PLCs, it was very much look, take an interest, find other people who have similar interests, get together in a group and do what's meaningful to you. How is it going to impact instruction? How can we work with our kids? And as silly as some of the topics were, it drove everybody behind the same purpose and we got into it. And then based on other factors, the following years, the PLC conversation turned into, well, we just need to steal extra time for this administrative prerogative or this directive from the state that has to be addressed. Uh, and we, we can only contractually keep you for X amount of time. So this is another way to steal that. And you, you take something that had value, you take something that has purpose and you, and you devalue it. And it makes people feel very cynical about the process, very frustrated in the process. I think districts and and communities even go outside of the district. Talk about the, the towns that you serve, the, the people that live there, the ones that are most committed to providing everything possible to their students that are coming through the schools, through the educational system that they have. They're going to put into place, they're going to be willing to put into place things that are going to be helpful to everybody. And if that support is there, sky's the limit. You can you can do whatever you want, but if you if you're you're left with the day to day, or like you said, you know, you talk about your go getters versus those that are that aren't interested. You know, the ones that aren't interested, you, you're going to struggle with them no matter what. Even the go getters, you start struggling with if they get behind the eight ball and they have to deal with other things. And it's a matter of of saying no. This has already been predetermined. This is a priority for us. Let's get on the ball. Let's go with it. Carrie, what do you think? You know, I I think that if you have done a good job in those first couple of weeks, like, like we talked about earlier in the hour, with building high-quality relationships so that the teachers trust you, um, even math teachers can find new ways to bring tech into their classroom. So one thing that I found that has worked really well with math teachers is... Um, first of all, building that relationship, but then when you have an opportunity in and in and you just say like, hey, do you have something coming up this semester that like it's a lesson you've tried in the past and it kind of is not your favorite? Like just, you know, you know, it's important for you to teach, you believe in the content, but it doesn't always go as well with the students as you'd like. Can we just chat about it? Like, what do you think if we just like, and you know, you're the math person, you can tell me if I'm crazy, but I think that we can make this work for you. That has worked really well for me with math teachers. Suddenly I have a geometry teacher who has her students using shapes to design the floor plan of their dream house in an architecture app. And you should see what they're designing. And we have a couple of parents of those students who are architects who come in and consult with the kids. And it becomes this like crazy, amazing end of year project for these like lower level sophomores who were otherwise uninterested and like didn't understand why the geometry was that important in the first place, just because we like sat down and had this little chat because I built that relationship. So, it, I mean, it can be mind-blowing if you invest that time earlier in the year. All good answers. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely have a, a little bit more. And, and again, the same thing that keeps coming back that I'm hearing is relationship. Uh, it's, it's trust and it's all that. I mean, even, even today, I had uh, an elementary school teacher that I actually coached basketball with. He came up to me, and uh, it was the first time that we were talking about something more curriculum-related than, like, basketball-related. Because, again, usually you don't find high school teachers talking about curriculum with kindergarten, first-grade teachers. But uh, I was just talking to him uh, after I just introduced myself to everybody, said, I'm here to help. And he's just like, you know, 
how, how do I do like an exit ticket where I don't have to collect a bunch of uh, papers, you know, just different ideas like that. And then it morphed into that to me just asking them, well, do, also, by any chance, do you send out like a newsletter to all your parents each week or something like that? And and he was, but he was sending all these hard copies out and he brought up a good point. He said, what's difficult is even if that's working, there's some kids uh private public doesn't matter there's some kids who are coming from broken homes or divorced homes so if you're sending one paper home with one parent but then the next parent's getting them for a different weekend is that paper going to both parents you know uh, so there's a lot of switching there so we were just talking and brainstorming ideas through that and again that only happened because of the relationship so i definitely appreciate the answer so we ended up settling on possibly him doing uh, a google site where parents are just going to see each week uh, uh, what's going on in the classroom, their kids' work, all of that. So um, definitely appreciate those answers. You know, I'm glad that you brought up that whole, you know, what is going on in the classroom. Sean, I, I understand you're doing some pretty interesting things to show off what's going on in your classroom. Could you talk a little bit about how you're using social media to really bring the world closer? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that, that I try and tap into in, in the classroom is what's engaging the students. And uh, for them, social media presence, even as a 12 and 13 year old, is uh, a viable form of communication. And it's essentially their lifeblood. <laughs> and they, they live and breathe by what gets posted, how many streaks they have on Snapchat um, and everything digital that they can access online. And they want to access it online. So last year, um, just started dabbling in it. I created a, a school account. Um, on Instagram and linked it to my uh, Twitter account as well and started posting things like little teasers at the beginning of the year. Like, you know, on the website I'd listed, here's the links, here's my profile, you know, check it out, see what's online, incoming students, nice to meet you sort of thing. And it was, uh, you know, these are teasers. Who wants to know what the class rules are going to be like this year? Who knows anything about me? What's this, you know, what are you looking forward to? Just little things like that. And as the year went on, taking pictures, taking video clips of what the kids were doing, how they were interacting with the content, using um, social media as a means of not just tagging the kids, say, hey, that's you, you were thrilled, you got tagged in this, but then also stealing a little bit uh, and using gamification within the classroom and trying to really kind of make it a challenge for the students, not just to do their best work, but to show off their best work and by showing it off on social media and then tagging the class hashtag in it and using our other means of connecting our content digitally online. So that now instead of just one teacher posting about everything that was going on in his or her classroom, you had 120 people posting about what was going on in their classrooms and their own learning experiences. And, you know, we did some projects that re revolved around posting um, for the students that didn't have the social media accounts. They had alternatives that they could do that were almost identical and they got just as much out of it because then they were engaging with their peers to say, you know, I don't have Instagram. What does this look like? Is, that, is this a template that I could use? Can I build it that way? And okay, well, why are you trying to build it that way? Well, I want it to look authentic. Why is it important to look authentic? Well, because this is what the real world's all about. And that piece, connecting those sort of things together, like that, it drove it. And then the the highlight, I, I still call it a highlight. It was only like three weeks in. It was right after back to school night. But I had a parent of a student follow the class Instagram account. And something was posted that week, that week. And I said, you know, this whole class was really tremendous. They've worked so hard. And he happened to be featured in one of the pictures. And he's like, that's my son. And in one comment back to her, I could say, just so you know, he's outstanding. They all are, but he's really doing a great job. And that little, that click, you know, to get a response back, you know, four hearts long and like, you know, beaming with pride, mom. And she thought she liked every post the rest of the year. She followed everything that we did in class and to get more and more parents engaged that way to have them connect, you know, in, in a, a non-formal setting. It's not like you have a, a specific app or a tool you're using within the school to bring everybody all under the same umbrella, but just, just here, this is out there. It's social media and, and use it. That's, that was fairly successful. I look forward to, to tapping into that more this year. You know, there's a lot of great things that are happening, especially this time of year. As we go through, we're going to be doing more of these tech coach roundtables. And it's important to do all these different things as we go through here, but we have one more show to do here that we want to learn from you guys. In our next episode, we're going to be doing a big Q&A. It's going to be a bonus Ask the Tech Coach show where Nick and I are going to go through your questions. But in order to do that, we need to have some questions for you. So if you guys have any questions for our panel or for anybody here on the Ask the Tech Coach team, we want to hear from you guys. Of course, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. That 
Twitter account has been booming the last couple of weeks. And we want to say thank you to everybody who's been a part of it and uh, been sharing out there with us. Or, of course, you can always email us over at feedback at teachercast.net. Leave us a voice message over at teachercast.net slash voicemail. Guys, if you have questions about being a tech coach, how to set up a tech coach website, working with your staff, <laughs> building relationships, getting your teachers on Instagram or anything like that, we want to know because next week we're going to be sharing those questions and answering them right here online. Guys, I want to say thank you so much for your time today. Where can we find out the great things happening in your neck of the woods? Let's start with Mike. Uh, I, you can follow me on Twitter. It's just at MD Krauser. Um, that's where I post most of my stuff. And Sean, where do we find more information about you? At the Clash site on Instagram and Twitter, it's Mr. MR underscore HCKBRTH. And uh, all things awesome from my students are up there. Nice. And Carrie, where can we find out the great things that are happening up in your neck of the woods? So I'm on all the social media at CarrieHawk02. So that's K-E-R-R-Y-H-A-W-K-02. So that's IG, Twitter, I don't know, Voxer, all the things. And then um, my website is www.carriehawk02.com. And um, my school is stjohnsprep.org. And um, I also am the director of education for an internet safety nonprofit. And our resources can be found at connectsafely.org. And specifically click on the guides tab because I've co-authored a lot of those guides. And they're really great resources on things like social media and copyright and media literacy for educators. We will certainly make sure that we have those linked at every everything here. This is Ask the Tech Coach episode number 15, where you can find out all of our archives over at askthetechcoach.com. Don't forget that we are building our brand new Ask the Tech Coach Mastermind. You can go to teachercast.net slash askthetechcoachmastermind. Sign up today to be put on our newsletter list. We want to hear from you, and we want to create a Tech Coach Mastermind, probably about 15, 20 tech coaches or so, where we can have a chance to get together and support and help and build resources for each other. Until next time, on behalf of everybody here on the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classroom and continue sharing your passions with your students.